Tis the pantomime season to be sure. Oh yes it is, and he's behind you. Well, this month we're going to be visiting the Mendip players. So many things I'm about to reveal to you. But first of all, I thought I'd tell you my panto story. Sad though it is, I have been to many, 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 many pantos in my childhood. And you know when they always wanted a child to go up on stage? Well, I always stuck up my hand, hopefully, hopefully, and I never got picked. I wasn't, frankly, the, the most attractive child. But I got very excited when they started throwing sweets into the audience. This was kind of a fairly novel thing towards the end of my pantomime experiences. And sadly, I got a Cabra's chocolate eclair straight between the eyes. I don't think it's got anything to do with my lack of sight now. But as you can imagine, that uh, made me slightly fearful of going um, going to any more pantomimes. But I do love going to the, to the Mendip players. So many things to reveal to you. You're going to find out what it's like to walk on heels for the very first time and whether it's actually a good thing to do it with a friend. What other things? Oh, yes. <laughs> this panto that's coming up was actually specifically written for us in the community. It's called Franken Panto. And, uh, well, apparently it's a combination of Frankenstein and Jack and Jill. I'll let you, I'll let you make up your own minds about that one. Well, oh, so many things. Did you know we have a very active youth theatre? Did you know, for example, that the Mendip Players started back in 2006? You have so much to catch up on, as I did when I spoke to, uh, well, I spoke to three members of the Mendip Players. Lay back, get yourself a cookie, get yourself a cup of tea, and enjoy my conversation with the Mendip Players. set up to have just a, a chat really about Mendip Players, how it started, where we are now and obviously how we're going to be going forward. But I would like to make a little mission statement myself here before we, before we begin. When one talks about local theatre, especially unpaid people who are volunteering to act in performances to support the community, Often it comes under the title of amateur, which I think is just appalling because amateur is a very negative word. And every production that I've been to, Mended Players, and I've lived in the village for over 20 years now, has been exemplary. And there have been times when it has definitely been West End standard. And my background was theatre and television, so I'm not talking out of my bottom. <laughs> Well, I know I do that quite a lot of time. But in this case, so you're very, very welcome. And I'm going to tell people who we've got sitting around our table today. We have Ash Jones, and I know everyone who's listening will know these names. Welcome, Ash. Thank you. We have Dan Ward. Hello. Dan, who's wearing a very fine hat, but we can't see this on, on podcast, but it's wasted. But you may get a <laughs> photograph of him to go with it. And then, of course, my good friend and the very lovely Ali White. Hello. Now, guys... I think it's fair to say that theatre and community has gone back 
through hundreds, nay, thousands of years. Drama seems to bring uh, villages, uh, particularly rural villages, together. But I know, looking back at history, some of the finest work has come out of these, well, frankly, these ideas, these spiritual ideas that people have had pulled it together and got a group of like-minded people to do it. Now, Mendip players came, if I remember rightly, first of all, when I was in the village, there was an old village hall and it was fantastic and they used it for discos and all sorts of different things and I think they had a horse racing in there but not real horses, I just want to be really clear because <laughs> it was quite small. However, it didn't have any kind of stage at all. So the, where we are sitting now, especially for our listeners who are, are living away and particularly abroad, this is a very new building we're in. It's called the Memorial Hall, and it was built to celebrate, obviously, the centenary. However, where we are now is, is upstairs, and downstairs is a really, really lovely big hall with a proscenium arch and a proper stage. So it's incredibly well equipped. Now, Mendip Players, looking back at the research I've done, that in 2006, there was an inaugural meeting to have the first fundamental idea about bringing a group together in the local area, because obviously we're in Dracos in Somerset, to maybe form some type of local players. David Cheatham, who had been involved in musical theatre locally in the area, he was the one that decided to, to try and bring this together. Now, Ash, I'm going, to, I'm going to look at you now, because may I ask how old you are now? I'm 32 now. Are you really? Yes. Goodness <laughs> me, 32. And that inaugural meeting, with the very, very first meeting, which you were at, how old were you then? So I was 17 at the first meeting when, we, when they had the ad in the newspaper to actually have the first meeting of the group. Of the, of the Mendip players, which was with David Cheatham and the Whittles as well. And what was the sense in that group? What was it that you were trying to achieve? Uh, they just wanted a local group out there to come together as a community and, and have a little local drama group, as there wasn't really that much local at the time that was accepting people from just any background, anyone that just wanted to have a go, which was quite nice to get people to just together, anyone that wanted to sort of dabble in acting or backstage or music or whatever. And 2006, social media wasn't quite as forefront as it is now. So how are you getting the word out to people? Well, it was originally actually my mum found it in the paper and there was this new group forming and the Mendit Players and the, the meeting and stuff. So I went along with my sister as well. And there's a few other people I recognised when we, we got there. Uh, just, yeah, it was in the hall, just all... So was it here? In yeah, the it was actually in, in the main hall, yeah. Sort of stage was nice and fresh as well, and yeah, not even a red uh, curtain on there either at that time. Yeah, so it's had a bit of a, well, not battering, but it's certainly been used quite a lot of times since then. It, it? It's been there a while, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the first productions, I believe, was Garlic and Lavender? Yes. With some songs from My Fair Lady? Yes. How so, did that work? Was, um, that, was that as a proscenium or did you do it in the round? Uh, we did do that on the stage, trying to remember that far back. <laughs> yeah. And was that with a paid audience? Yeah, I, I believe it was a, a paid audience. Unfortunately, that was the sort of side of things I never really got into right at the very start. I was, uh, I was one of the, the younger members of the group. 
Okay. Um, so I tended to do a bit of the acting and stuff compared to what I do now. So have you been involved both sides, you know, as, as in the acting side and the, and the backstage? I side? have been involved in all, all areas by wardrobe. What is your most memorable performance to date? Oh, it's got to be the, the latest one where I got to play Prince <laughs> in the Cinderella. Oh, of course. You that was princess. jolly good fun. Was Not it? to say the upcoming one is also looking enjoyable to mess around with, yeah. too. You were a brilliant prince. You Thank were, you. You're a lovely prince. You're lovely. So we're going to come back to you in a minute because you are probably the only person in this room that's actually been there right from the beginning and take it right. Yes, right it to seems the end. so. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming and talking to no. Jacob Daris about it. So I'm going to turn now to to my friend on the left here, which is Ali White. So Ali, you came to join the group. Um, it, it, it started going, and as far as I could tell from from people I've talked to in the village, it was already getting momentum and trying new things, doing things in the round as well as up there on the, on the stage. And then, Ali, in about 2013, mm -hmm. you came along to Mend It Players, but you had a double challenge because you were new to the village mm -hmm. and you were obviously new to Mend It Players. And you came, I know, with a great deal of experience and yeah. love to hear a little bit about that and how that general sense of stepping into a new pond possibly out of your comfort zone felt yeah it's not so much out of my comfort zone because the moment i walked in it was for a meeting i think to talk about the next panto everyone was just really friendly and really welcoming and i think as ash said it's it's something that we pride ourselves on being friendly but and the village itself everyone had been so friendly and everyone had gone you have to go and join the mendit players theater i've been doing panto since i was seven which is about 60 years now, so it's, you know, it's quite a long time. <laughs> no, you're near that age, get out of here. And I'd come from a really, really progressive and fun group in North London, in Watford. So I came with an open mind and was welcomed in. We did Panto and I got the part of Hook, which was just so much fun. I'd like to just touch upon when, when COVID struck. Now, you guys, I know, obviously had to close down during COVID when we had to sort of stay indoors. But you, ever since, have we've been able to do, you know, a little bit more and get together. And, and I know that you've been able to get together with the creativity of the group. However, you have always been really good and clear about the COVID guidelines and you still are. One of the wonderful things you did was you did two radio plays. This was quite recently. Um, more tea vicar and the other one was Claire in the community. Yeah. Do you, now when we say radio show, just to be clear to our listeners, how it was set up was so brilliant was the actors were all on stage in, in front of stick mics and obviously they were directed slightly differently, right? you were directed one and Sylvie Barham directed mm -hmm. the other, but there was this fantastic sense of of actors sort of coming forward to the microphone and, and then coming back. And sometimes there was a, a little bit of use of light and a bit of use of a hat or stuff, which were lovely. Now, I'm a visually impaired woman and it was fantastic. You could hear every single word and you got every single bit of humour uh, and it was just great. So was it because of COVID that you decided to try that or was that just a new idea? No, no, we'd done um, radio plays before. We, we introduced a few years ago a third production a year. So we used to do the panto and then we'd do a summer production. And as our 
group grew, it's grown so much, and the talent we've got, we realised that we could actually make use of all these people by putting on another production. And so the August-September production was designed to be sort of low, almost low, low maintenance. So as little line learning as possible, as little set as possible was the plan. So we had done a couple of radio plays before. Um, and it was the first time that anyone had ever done it in a local theatre situation. I think we um, still are for the second one too. We are. So we're the only local theatre group that has or amateur dramatics group, as I know you like, Don't um, use that <laughs> to have done that. And we did a Poirot uh, written in the 50s, which was great. We did do a murder mystery, which was uh, written to be uh, handheld scripts. We learnt them in seven in weeks. In seven weeks, we learnt the lines. Ash built the most phenomenal set. Was just incredible for a one night production. But it was, <laughs> that is my favourite set possibly of any that we've ever done. It was so good fun, yeah. So that's where the radio plays came from. The reason we did them this time was because they were easy to rehearse. We could rehearse them socially distanced. Uh, what we didn't have this year, which we have done in the past, is to have Foley sound and live sound effects. We felt that was just taking it a little bit too far mm. with trying to be safe. But that was, yeah, that was the reason behind the radio plays this year. Well, that's great. And what I've felt over the years as, a, as somebody who comes to, to see as many shows as I can, the whole of Mendit Players is growing up. You Now you're getting good ticket sales and, I mean, you're sold out every time. You've now got some of your own lighting. You've got some of your own sound equipment. Uh, the whole thing is great. One question I had to you all is how many people are in Mendit Players, including technicians, actors, backstage... I know there's some rotation between the roles, but... We've probably got, if we include all the youth, all the... what We have what we call production uh, volunteers, so the people who just turn up just for productions but aren't there. Anywhere between... It depends which production it is, but between 60 and 80, possibly, we've got... It is, depending on kids yeah. and, and everyone backstage. There's a lot... Yeah, so just the people you see on stage is maybe a third or a half of, yeah. of the actual mm. people that are involved in it. Mm. I mean, I would say, you know, the, the, the level of productions that you're doing would be challenging in, you know, professional sense up in, in London or Rep. And the fact that you've all got day jobs, if this is, this is something that you do for the community, unpaid, is, is extraordinary. Now, Ali, you've also started a new thing, which is a youth group, isn't it? Yep, well, we're, well, we're three years in now. Again, we lost a bit of momentum through COVID for that, because obviously we couldn't rehearse. But it's wonderful. So we take them from age 10 to 18 and we have some of them then go and help do panto. Some of them, as they come through the other end, we have as come up into the, what we call the seniors. <laughs> so the juniors were the seniors. So in the radio plays, I know we had one of our young, young people. I like to call them young people rather than children because I think it's more respectful of their, their talent. We look at them as young people. But they really are wonderful. And the great thing about the Mended Players youth is that they are full of energy. They're full of ideas. We do a lot of improvisation. We do a lot of reimagining our classics. Uh, we do absolutely no musical theatre. Um, and that's not where my skills lie at all. So we do no musical theatre in Mended Players youth. But what we do is give them the opportunity to try every area of stagecraft. So they're coming along. They're not just doing... They're not just getting up and acting. We've got 
a great little stage manager in there. But we're going to move it forward now because we need to come into, not to this century, <laughs> quite, but moving it to, to, to a little bit more towards the here and now. So I'm going to now talk to Dan Ward. Embarrassingly, has his own podcast. So, podcaster, you are. I think you're a rugby player. A rugby coach, junior mm -hmm. rugby coach. Mm -hmm. Junior rugby coach. My playing coach. days are a long way behind me. Okay. And your job? I do media relations. Okay. And you've been involved in mended players for a long time. But the reason I'm putting this, the follow spot, see where I went mm, there. Very good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Sorry, it's the theatre coming out of me. It was my first job, but is you had decided that you, you wanted to be involved in some t type of group and you, you have been acting and doing various mended players. But the reason I have put the spotlight on you is because you are, or you have, written and are in the moment still rehearsing the forthcoming panto, which is called... Franken-panto. Okay, that's not like a normal panto, I it's know. It's not like a normal panto. I don't want to give too much away. Oh, go on. Uh, Jack and Jill go up a hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack falls down and breaks his crown, and then Dr. Frankenstein gets involved. And, <laughs> and, and, and if you think that's weird, then come along and watch it, because it, it gets weird from there. But it is still fun. It is still great for the kids and for all the family. Those huge fans of, of Mary Shelley and Gothic Frankenstein will be disappointed, but fans of pantomime and hijinks and silliness will hopefully be rewarded. I'm so looking forward to this. So you you have written this. I have. And you are directing it. I am. Ali, you're producing it. I am. Ash, are you in it? I'm in it and helping with stage and set design. Okay. And can I ask, I'm going into the darkness of your mind now, Dan. <laughs> Some of it's in the play, but carry on. Yeah, well, I know. And uh, I, shall, I shall listen and, you know, and try and pick out the bits that are appropriate and throw them back at you later. But when did you have this idea? Because, you know, as I said, it's not your Sleeping Beauty, is it? It's not your... It, it's not. I came up with a voice while I was walking my dog, which was for an Igor character. A character. An Igor character. Okay. So your Dr. Frankenstein in the Marty Feldman mode would have, a, uh, would have, a, would have an Igor, an, an assistant, usually you know, a, a comedy foil, but also you know, just the, the doing whatever their master wishes them to do. I came up with a voice in my own head, and, which I was then using to talk to the dog when I used to walk him in the morning. So the dog thinks I'm mad. And um, so do we. Good, good. <laughs> nailed it. And I got to thinking, having by that point done a couple of things with the Mended Players, you know, I, I like that voice, I can do that voice, I wonder if I could ever do that voice on the stage. I then came to the conclusion that I couldn't, but before I'd finished the thought process, I thought, well, why don't I write a story about this character? And so I started writing down ideas, and I came up with a bit of a plot, and I just sort of started with the, literally started with the skeleton and just kept adding it layer by layer by layer. Then I told Ali that I was having this idea, <laughs> and she said, well, write it then, and we'll take it to the committee, and we'll see if they're interested. And so I wrote more, and I wrote more, and I wrote more, and I gave Ali the first half, and then a few weeks later she came back and said, excellent, we'll do that then. <laughs> so I went, had to go away and write the second half, which I've done now, and I've finished rewriting it. I promise everybody in the show that I'll stop rewriting it. And it's just, I've enjoyed everything I've done with Amended Players. Some of it's been terrifying, but all of it's been rewarding. 
and this is a genuine thrill. I've never written anything like this before. I've certainly never directed anything. But I'm working with a bunch of people who want this to work as much as I do. And it's, it's, it's a joy. It's an absolute joy putting this together. I, I will be delighted when it's done because I want to be able to say I've done it. But the process, you know, for four nights, it's, it's an absolute buzz. You know, you asked before, why do people want to get up? Because it's an absolute buzz. But if the four months leading up to it wasn't as much fun as it is, that's a lot of work. So it's so much fun, which is why the, the, the four days, the cherry on the top, making it is the cake. Wow. For me. And how many people are in this extravaganza? Oh, so there are 11 principal characters. There are 13 or 14 adult chorus, seven junior chorus, and I'm going to say almost as many again, off stage, backstage, doing light, sound, wardrobe, publicity, printing tickets, selling tickets, promoting tickets. It's, I mean, I've, I've not met, I don't think, even in the four or five years I've been part of the Mended Players, everybody but almost all of them are going to be involved in pantomime. That seems to be what happened. Pantomime brings in everybody. Some just to watch, but usually they'll end up getting their hands dirty doing something as well. So yes, cast of if not thousands, then most of them, I would say. And it's going to be a sellout again. I hope so. Tickets. Well, let's be, talk um, about hard facts then, because I'm coming. I believe tickets are on sale now. They are. And may I ask sort of the price that they are? Uh, £10 for adults and it is Seven £7 pounds. for juniors, concessions. Yep. Um, available at themendedplayers.co.uk and in the Draycott Community Shop. Mm -hmm. Great. So, I must admit, so if people want to get their tickets, they yep. need to get there. Well, Dan, it sounds incredibly exciting. As I said, I like the fact that you're thinking outside the box. Maybe you're thinking outside the valley, but we're going to be there and we're going to shout, he's behind you, regardless whether it's appropriate or not, because that's just what we do. <laughs> so why would a man or a woman want to dress up as a pantomime dame? I want to, know, but Dan. that's just yeah, why, why someone? <laughs> um, Have you been a pantomime I dame? I was uh, in Cinderella, I was an ugly sister with, uh, with my... With my colleague, Did you Tim. keep your beard? No, I took the beard off. But yeah, I, that because it was an absolute hoot. I think the reality is there was some trepidation about taking it on because I've seen other people do it incredibly well, and it is you know it's such a pivotal part of a pantomime. You've got to land that, and it took me a few years to think. I'll put, I'm gonna, I'll put my hand up for it. I put my hand up for it in the in the comfort comfort zone of knowing I'd be part of a double act and quite a bit of what I've done in pantomime has been part of a double act. So it wasn't just me, it was me and Tim. Tim also had never done this before, so we could quite literally hold each other's hands. At least yeah. certainly while we were learning to walk on heels, we were holding each other's hands. And I'm going to be honest here, when it's because the Cinderella was written by a friend of mine from the last theatre group I was in, in London, and he told me about the ugly sisters. And when he was describing them, when I, he sort of said, oh, you can have this panto. In my head, and it's terrible, and we should never do this when we're thinking of casting a play, but people do spring into your mind. And I just saw Dan and Tim as these two Essex-type girls who were going to talk like that. And as when they did actually audition, they were so exactly right. <laughs> and neither of them had ever wanted to really do it on their own, but together they were like one, 
The perfect chemistry. package. Mm. Perfect Dane package. The minute they get their heels and their boobs on, that's it. That's I know. I just <laughs> we, we were wearing the heels fairly early on in the rehearsal process, and as soon as the boobs were available, they mm. were straight on. Were they? And were were they also at home? It, it, you know, just to be, you know, a little bit serious for a moment, it really, really, really helps. Yep. When you're playing something, someone so completely outside of, well, in, in this case, the other gender, it really helped us inhabit mm. it. And, and it got to the point that Tim and I would talk to each other on and off stage in the voices. We got mm. comfortable with the characters. But you, you do it because it's, it's hilarious. Mm. I know. I do know that well, what, there was somebody in the audience who was a sort of business um, associate of Tim's just after he'd been, and he came off stage, obviously in full drag, and still yeah. talking, as yeah. he said, uh, in this Essex accent, and, and, and just carried on a business sort of chat. And the person did say the other side, I am finding this quite difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Tim said, well, I don't know, you know, it's working fine for me. So I think we have to bring this to a close. Can I just say, I'm, I'm going to give you the last word, Dan, because I want you to give another shout out to the panto. Ash, just before we go, who was your favourite character? Was it the prince or do you like playing baddies? Oh, it took a while to play a baddie in the sense of, because I did play John, didn't I, back a while ago, oh, but the, the knave, the knave was a lot of fun. And, and putting on that voice is really good fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was, that was the bad character and I think prince is the good character. If you want to go either side of the... The spectrum there. Ash Jones, you're having far too much fun. <laughs> Ali White, mm -hmm. very good luck with everything in the future. And, and, you know, everybody I've spoken to, Ali, and I'm afraid you're just going to have to take this one on the chin, has said what you have bought in the last few years has been literally life-changing. So well thank done, you. you. And thank you for, for the joy you've brought us all. Dan, I'm going to give you the floor now. Would you tell us about the Panto and give it the last big shout-out? Well, thank you very much. Frank and Panto, the next production for the Mendip Players will be uh, the Draycott Memorial Hall on the February the 3rd, 4th and 5th. There's a matinee performance and an evening performance on Saturday the 5th of February. Tickets are available in the Draycott Community Shop and on themendipplayers.co.uk. £10 for adults, £7 for children. It's Frankenstein, it's Jack and Jill, it, there's, there's a dame, there's falling over, there's mess, there's fun. Come and, come <laughs> and watch it. It's, it's, it's classic Mendip players with a slant. So come, come and see. Thank you. Ali, Dan and Ash, thank you all so much for contributing to this very enlightening programme. We've all learnt so much about the Mendip players, so thank you. David Cheatham, I would like to pay a huge respect to as he started the Mendip players. And can I make a personal thank you to Linda and Miles Whittle, who helped me with the research and sadly couldn't be with us for the recording. It only leaves me to say Rob Elliott, he was the editor. My name is Tiggy, I was the voice and we shall look forward to joining you again next month. <laughs>